In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The first Passover took place in Egypt, but at the time of Jesus, the Passover took place in Jerusalem. In fact, it was a requirement that all Passover lambs be sacrificed at the temple in Jerusalem. If you were a Jew living at the time of Jesus, that meant that you couldn't simply go to the market and buy a lamb for Passover, slaughter it yourself, and eat it at home. Rather, no matter how far away you lived, you had to take your lamb to the temple in Jerusalem and there have the priests sacrifice it and pour its blood out on the altar. Then the lamb could be eaten by you and your family there in Jerusalem. This meant that at the time of the Passover, the city of Jerusalem would be overflowing with Jewish pilgrims. And this also meant that the events of Holy Week, Jesus' Palm Sunday entrance, his cleansing of the temple, his preaching in the temple, as well as his trial, his scourging, and his crucifixion, all would have been witnessed by huge crowds. Virtually all of Israel, all of God's people, had been gathered there in Jerusalem. A little-known fact is that the Jewish historian Josephus was also a first-century Jewish priest. He gives us a staggering account of what the Passovers in the time of Jesus would have been like. By his reckoning, approximately 2.7 million people had participated in the Passover that year, with over 256,000 Passover lambs being slain, the blood of each one of those lambs being poured out on the altar. For those of us not used to sacrifice, it's difficult to even imagine the staggering amount of blood that flowed out from the altar and ultimately out from the temple itself. There are accounts of the brook Kidron running red with the blood of the Passover lambs. For a Jew who had participated in these events every year of his life, a connection between the blood and the forgiveness of sins would be impossible to forget. Or as the author of Hebrews put it, without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness of sins. There is another interesting detail that comes to us from extra-biblical sources. Both the Jewish Mishnah and the early church father, Justin Martyr, tell us that when the lambs were prepared for roasting, the lamb was spitted with one wooden stick running through its body vertically and the other running through its back horizontally in the shape of a cross so that the Passover lamb appeared to be crucified as it was roasted. If these details are true, it would shed even more light on the words of St. Paul who wrote to the Corinthians, Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. And it would mean that in each Jewish home, as the Passover lamb was roasted on sticks in the shape of a cross, it would point to the Lamb of God on the cross, roasted in the fire of God's wrath, bearing the just penalty for the sins of the world. Christ is our Lamb 
without blemish, killed at twilight, his innocent life given for we who are guilty, his innocent blood shed for our transgressions, that our sins may be forgiven by God, that God would pass over us and spare our lives in keeping with his mercy. Of course, Paul himself was a Jew and would have participated in many Passovers throughout his life. The same is true for Peter, who wrote that we have been ransomed, not with perishable things such as gold or silver, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. And how can we forget that the very forerunner of Jesus Christ introduced him to the Jews as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. On the night when Jesus was betrayed, as they gathered for the Passover, Jesus forever changed the Passover meal. Since he is the Lord, it is his prerogative to do so. Instead of the flesh of an ordinary lamb, he gave us his flesh. Take, eat, Jesus said, this is my body which is given for you. Instead of painting the blood of an ordinary lamb on the doorways, as was instructed in the original Passover, instead of pouring out the blood of the lamb on the altar, as was instructed in the time of the tabernacle and temple, Jesus pours his own blood out for us. Drink of it, all of you, he says. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. So as you come to this altar tonight, you come not only to the living God, but to the great Passover. The body of Jesus is more valuable than the infinite bodies of the Passover lambs. And the blood of Jesus is more valuable than the blood of infinite Passover lambs. For the body and blood we receive are the very body and blood of God's own beloved Son and God's own beloved Lamb. So the author of Hebrews describes our worship in this way. You have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. In other words, you are pilgrims. You have come to the mount of God's salvation and to the foot of the cross. You have come to the dwelling place of the living God, to the true city of peace, and to the true and heavenly Jerusalem. The author of Hebrews continues, You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. In other words, if Christ is present for us in his body and blood, then heaven has come down to earth. There are not two Christs, but one. And if he is here with us in his body and blood, then so are angels and archangels and the whole company of heaven. The author of Hebrews continues, You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. In other words, when you stand here for communion, 
you stand before the one who will judge you on the last day. And what does he say? He gives you his cup and says to you, this cup is the New Testament. This cup is the New Testament in my blood which is shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. For just as Cain was the cause of Abel's death, so we are the cause of Jesus' death. But unlike the blood of Abel that cried for justice, the blood of Jesus cries for our pardon. The author of Hebrews continues, See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. In other words, see to it that you do not refuse Jesus who is truly in our midst. See to it that you do not refuse his words, that you do not refuse what he here gives. His words given and shed for you require your heart to believe. Woe to us if we do not value what he here gives. Woe to us if we hold it in low esteem. Woe to us if we do not accept his words or interpret them to say what they do not. Woe to us if we think we need no forgiveness. Woe to us if we think our sins are greater than his forgiveness. Woe to us if we neglect so great a gift. Woe to us if we treasure the perishable things of this world more than we value the imperishable body and blood of God. For here he lays out for us the very bread and wine of immortality, the most heavenly and holy feast this world will ever know. And he calls and invites you. He knows your sins even better than you. And he knows what sins have been committed against you. He knows what lies behind that proud facade. He knows what you have done and what you have left undone. He knows how you yourself have been injured and the scars that have formed. He knows your every thought, word, and deed. He knows the weakness of your flesh and the hardness of your heart. He knows your intentions, good and bad. He knows the injustices you've suffered and the sadness and bitterness that have come. He knows the pain you've inflicted and the pain you've endured. He knows the innocence you've destroyed, and he knows that your innocence, too, has been destroyed. He knows that you are both perpetrator and victim, both innocent and guilty. And he calls for you. Come, eat at my table. Come, drink from my cup. I am the Lord your God. I give myself for you, and I give myself to you. I am the one who forgives you. I am the one who heals you. I am the one who will give you rest. I am the one who will bring you home. I am the one who will make you and all things new. For this is my Passover and the greater exodus is at hand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs>